White Sox, White Sox, go, 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 go. Call your sons, call your daughters. Holy cow. You can't put it on the board. Yes. Yes. It's a perfect game. Red Echo, Grand Slam. A White Sox winner and a world championship. Jimenez, he's your hero tonight. Thanks, Cubs. The dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know. Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox Podcast with Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. You can follow me at Ecknerwall23. Chris Tannehill is at Chris Tannehill. Our show, Locked On Sox, is at Locked On Sox on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Go there and subscribe. Maybe you can be a winner of a Locked on Sox prize pack. But without any further ado, here is Chris Tannehill. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Oh, I'm doing good, Herbie. It's Friday. We've got our first Cubs day game of the year on the score today. So I'm in a real good mood. It's been a calendar year. This uh, this has been a long time coming to me to get these day games because I work on the afternoon. So when the Cubs play, I don't have to be at work. So that means I get to catch up with stuff around the house you know, uh, it's it's just great. So I'm doing and great. Damn pandemic effed you up last year too. It, it really did. Yeah, it was the uh, conspiracy to keep me from having Cubs Day games on Friday. Uh, but we're slowly inching back to normalcy. But on this episode 188 today, former White Sox pitching coach Don Cooper opens up about uh, what happened with his firing, and Sox fans are mad. Shocker, shocker. Uh, but quickly here. Um, quick recap, the Sox lost again tonight in Goodyear to the Reds. Ronaldo Lopez got touched for five runs and three innings pitched. Uh, Carlos Rodon had a nice outing, two innings pitched, giving up just two hits, struck out one. Uh, no runs allowed for Rodon. Uh, Eloy with a nice night. He had two hits, a triple and a homer. And the Sox are now 1-6 and six in the Cactus League. So... I don't know. Uh, the only alarm bells that go off there is you know, this game was not on television. I tried to listen on the MLB at bat app, and I did for a little bit with Jeff Brantley was doing the game for the Reds. And uh, I tried to see what was going on with Ronaldo, but uh, the connection kept timing out. So I can't really give you an evaluation of how he did. But uh, you never know. He could be working on one pitch or whatever. You never know with these things. Uh, but it's certainly not uh, encouraging. In any event... Don Cooper was on the score today, Herbie, and you heard it, and it was on the show, the Parkins and Spiegel show, which I produce, and a little background info on this before we play some of what Don Cooper said, because I do think it's an, it's important, and we'll get to it in a second, why it's important, but we had been trying to track down Coop literally since the day after he was let go by the White Sox, because Don Cooper had been a station contributor since 2006 when the Sox came over from ESPN 1000 and I think possibly his relationship with our boss Mitch Rosen probably predated even that when they were at 1000 so you know he he was a guy that was on the station quite frequently and a guy that's always been open and honest and sometimes a little uh, little salt and peppery which is fine by me I I like a little uh, attitude you know sometimes he would you know do things like criticize the fans for not going to games but you know uh, above all he was honest first and foremost and you know after he was let go we reached out to him the day after to see if he would come on and he said you know what you're not quite ready to talk yet so you know weeks turn into months and you get to kind of forget about it but then all of a sudden uh we give it a shot today Shane Reardon uh 
shoots Coop a text uh, through Mitch and says, you know what, uh, you ready to come on? Let's let's talk. So Don Cooper agrees to come on. And people are upset that he was even on the station today. Uh, there's several folks on Twitter. You can just go through my interactions on the, my Twitter timeline at Chris Tannehill and see people are like, this is dumb. This is pointless. Who cares what he has to say? You guys are trying to conjure up drama and the good vibes are so great with the White Sox right now. And why would you even do this? Like, we'll get, we'll get to all that in a second. Um, but at the end of the day, Herb, I think you'll agree with me. Like, this is as a radio producer, this is a, a slam dunk opportunity, don't you think, in, in, in your uh, in your book? Oh, yeah. Every time you get a chance to get a person that you know is going to be a firebrand, a guy that's going to come on and say some things and draw some ears, more importantly, you got to get that person on. And Don Cooper is, for whatever you think about it as a pitching coach, on the radio, he's going to say some things and – you could tell from the beginning the guy was on the defensive, but good job by Spiegel and Parkins to steer the interview so it didn't go off the rails totally. I think it was an amicable, amicable split at the end. You know, even job offers were out there. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah it, there's no – I get why people are not wanting to have him on the station, but also those people are not radio people. As a radio person, you got to get the person on good or bad polarizing is great like if you hate don cooper that's a good thing guess who you don't like either stephen a smith and you don't like skip bayless look at their paychecks look at how many people listen and watch them so polarizing is good in our business so uh, you can bitch and moan all you want to people those people are good guests yeah, at the end of the day, I said it on, on my Twitter because I just, you know, very rarely do I get home after a day of work and decide to get after people on Twitter. But like, you know, I had to stick up like sort of for what we do and, and just the, the just radio in general. Like it's about connecting to people and, you know, hopefully entertaining and informing along the way. And I, I think we did. And look, Coop knows how to do radio. The stuff that he does where he like builds up tension early on in an interview and then ultimately is disarmed by the end of it. I don't know if if he I think he knows what he's doing. Like he knows how to play radio. Like when I say play radio, I don't mean that he's being dishonest or you know disingenuous, but he knows how to create content and create a stir and get people like kind of glued to their radios or their smart devices and it's like oh man what's going on here we got a little back and forth like oh i like the way coop's giving it to the to this guy on the radio you know stuff like that like coop Mm -hmm. knows how to play the game but ultimately by the end of the interview we got to hear his thoughts uh on his white Sox tenure and more importantly how it ended but uh yeah i I agree with you wholeheartedly and the sort of the little uh little insight into our business and why we do things it's not to conjure up drama you know we have a great relationship all the shows do with the white Sox, even though we're not the flagship any longer and we still have a good relationship they put ta on our show a couple weeks ago and you know he, he created a national headlines with what he said and you know we have a good relationship with the white Sox, and we don't intend to tear that down or, or make it problematic but you know it's just it's what it is don cooper was with the Sox for over 30 years and he was a station contributor for like half that time so when he wants to speak and and talk about his departure we're gonna allow him to do so in case closed that's the end of it Um, but without any further ado here is what he had to say uh, Don Cooper former pitching coach on the Parkinson Spiegel show about his departure from the White Sox and sort of the emotions that went through his head after he found out 
you know, what I will say about the whole thing, I spent more than half my life there, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's not fun when people you really, uh, you know, look up to and admire and, uh, you know, care for, you know, care for that. That's the best way to put it. Don't care for you as quite as much. It's not so much fun. Um, that's my whole stay with the White Sox. I, I, again, more than half my life with the team. Um, but, I, again, I, that's, that's, that's my statement, I guess I'll say, on the whole my whole Who didn't, who didn't care for you? I, 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 I loved it all. I loved it all. I loved it all. Obviously, nobody. They, I'm no longer with them, pal. I mean, that, that's a silly question. That's a leading question. It's a question trying to ask me something to get in trouble or something like that. You know what? I'm not looking to hear the sound on anybody. What I simply told you, if you listened, was I was happy and grateful for my opportunity, but it sure is no fun going through something when you really care for a lot of people that don't sit, seem to care for you as much. Did you get that? Yeah, so, you know, <laughs> look, I mean, we, we, we our stance has been pretty clear on this. Like, you know, we both felt at the time that, yeah, you know what, maybe it was time for the Sox and Don Cooper to part ways. Like, you know, just... You know, just because you win a World Series doesn't guarantee you lifetime employment. And even under Jerry Reinsdorf, there are limits. And sometimes change is good. You know, the the direction of the team and the way pitchers are starting to get outside help. And, you know, it's a more of an internal issue now with starting pitchers. And, you know, it's all about how their, their own individual track for success. It's not always about the pitching coach. And, you know, sometimes things come to an end and, and that's okay. And, um, but I, I can separate that from the feelings of like, yeah, it, it kind of, it, it sucked to hear Coop talk about how, how he was hurt like that. What were your thoughts when you hear Don Cooper open up like that today on the score? Yeah, it was uh very surprising that, I mean, I know he wasn't going to name names, but the fact that he admitted that he was hurt by the dismissal, um, I was surprised by his vulnerability there. Um, I never really heard him be as such. I mean, there never really was a reason for before, but yeah, it seemed like he was personally offended by the dismissal. Like it was set up as a mutual parting of ways. We didn't see eye to eye that Don had something to do with his departure. At least that's how I read it initially. That's how the Sox uh, sent out the press release, but you could tell by the interview, it was a one-sided thing where either Jerry, Kenny, or Rick, or all three of them did not want Don services anymore. And so after 30-plus years of loyal service to the White Sox, he was just dismissed summarily. And it's sad. I, you know, not a necessarily a coop guy, but not necessarily a detractor either. Um, when people give him credit for a pitcher, I'll look at the other side and say, well, he didn't do anything for this pitcher or in the opposite way. If you don't give him credit for for Lucas Giolito, you can't be cussing him out for Ronaldo Lopez not succeeding. So I just thought that Don did a pretty good job for what he was given uh, during the White Sox tenure. If we look at his 30 years, the White Sox pitching staff was pretty much the thing, the foundation of the team. You see the Chris Sales, the Jose Quintanas. Those guys came up from 
Chris Sale did not get hurt his whole White Sox career, which was the big time thing that everybody was waiting for. For White Sox pitchers, the whole time he was pretty much the general or the uh, pitching coach, they were healthy. Pitchers stayed off the disabled list or the injury list for most part. White Sox were healthy. You can give credit to him. You can give credit to Herm Schneider and Brian Ball. But I just think that if you look at his full tenure, I think maybe he thought he deserved better than be summarily dismissed on the precipice of greatness for the White Sox. Like, I think if you, I don't know if you're going to play a cut later, but he said, you know, the worst years were the rebuild years. And we had to go through that. You trade away one of my best pitchers and say, Oh, and then you trade away the other one in Quintana the next year. And I got to go and work with garbage. And right now we're in the playoffs going on to the world series contention and I'm dismissed. I can see his pain right there. Yeah. And we, I don't have time to, to get into that uh, specific cut, but you can check out the interview at 670score.com. But that part struck me too. You know, but everyone knew what it was with, with the rebuild, and everyone tried their hardest. And there was a lot of guys that they were able to salvage out of that out of that rebuild from the pitching staff. Like not even, you know, the, the starting pitchers that they traded for, like as Giolito, we know, sought help from Ethan Katz, and now he's the pitching coach. But talking about guys like, you know, Evan Marshall and Aaron Bummer and guys um, – you know, that they got, were able to get something for in trades later on. You know, your Anthony Swarzak and, you know, um, Tommy Canely. You know, these guys were, you know, it basically in, in obscurity until they got in a White Sox uniform. And again, I this is a really tough game to play in terms of like who gets the credit for that because most of it's going to fall on the individual. But, you know, it did happen under Coop's tutelage. And you go back to look at, looking at Esteban Loiza and his Cy Young caliber year in 2003. And you look at Jose Contreras the following year coming over. And he was, you know, he was basically, we're like, oh, my God, Jose Contreras, like, this guy is a bum. And then he goes on to have one of the great runs you'll ever see a starting pitcher have. And, you know, it's right up there with what Jake Arrieta did in, in 2015 and 16. But you never know how much credit to give to a pitching coach, but he was there for it. So you, you can't you know take that away. And, of course, the four complete games in the ALCS, something you'll never see again. And possibly that's why pitchers loved Don Cooper because – you know, he was running the show there. You know, you know, most Sox fans know, but if you don't, the pitching coach is making all the calls in, involving with the pitching staff on a, on a day of game basis. So any move it, it, that happens in a ball game that a manager makes, it goes through Coop first, okay, with a, with a pitcher. So he was in charge of, of all that. And for the most part, what do we say about the Sox over the past, you know, 20 some years? Like they'll all, for the most part, they're going to pitch. You know, they're always going to be up there in innings pitched and earn run average, and Don Cooper was right there for it. Um, but you mentioned the mutual parting of ways. Here's what Coop had to say about that. Here's when you cut through the crap. We, don't, we no longer want you to do what you're doing. And not only that, we want you to, you know, you, 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 you're gone. You're out. That's what it means. You know? And, okay, I, I, I'm all for it. Nobody, I don't want to be somewhere where I'm no longer – Wanted? Yeah, so I don't think it was quite as mutual as the press release uh, said it was, and I don't think anyone truly believed that. Uh, but I don't know why they just you know didn't openly say that at the time. It doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I like everybody who's a grown folks here, and you know, with Coop's mouth, that truth is going to come out eventually. So just say, yeah, we moved on from Don Cooper. 
we think that this pitcher that we're going to pitching coach that we're bringing in is going to lead us into the next decade and be more uh, forward thinking with his uh, metrics and things like that. So he helped our top pitcher out. And we think getting this guy when we can get him and getting the job that we're going to give him will lead us to the next level. So we can't stay stagnant. And everybody would be like, yeah, it's tough to lose Coop, but hey, the truth is awesome. I love to hear the truth. And I think White Sox uh, brass way too many times falls back to giving half truths or lies to their fan base where we're all grownups. Tell us the truth. We can we can handle it. We're good for it. And if you had to dismiss Don Cooper because you guys don't see eye to eye anymore, you don't think he is part of the new wave and the people and improving your starting pitching or your bullpen to the next level, we're good with that. And I'm good with dismissing him if that's how you feel. But that mealy mouth, uh, we parted ways mutually. That's that's trash. Yeah, we're all we're all adults, like you said. We all knew whose roles were what. When Rick Renteria was brought in, we knew he was brought in to sort of refortify the culture and develop young talent and sort of be a father figure to some of these young guys coming up. And then once they got good enough, we had a feeling that he would be gone when it was time and the right manager uh, came into the fold. So I think, you know, the same goes for the, the coaching staff, which ironically, most of the coaching staff is still here except for Coop. So I think that's that's kind of funny in all this, but we're going to take a quick time out here. And we're going to stick with this Don Cooper stuff. There's a couple good things left here on the table. We're going to play the dangerous game of what if after a quick timeout here on Locked on White Sox. Locked on White Sox is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but college hoops and the NHL and NBA are all in full swing, and BetOnline even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV. The odds are updated in real time, and there's props on almost anything you can imagine. Herb, you know, we're going to do our, our preview show where we where we go over win totals and, and who's going to win divisions, pennants, and the World Series here uh, in baseball. But before we get to that show, like sort of what's keeping you uh, busy here uh, in the off season, so to speak, in terms of things that you're looking at at betonline.ag? Well, at betonline.ag, I'm seeing we just talked about the guy and we all talk about him all year long. His name is Lucas Giolito. And if you go to betonline.ag right now for Lucas, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas Giolito to get the Cy Young, it's plus 450. So that is you bet $100. You're going to win $450 if Lucas Giolito wins the Cy Young this year. He had the second most, uh, second best odds, even in front of the winner last year, Shane Bieber, who's at plus 500. The only guy with more, better odds right now is Garrett Cole at plus 425. So I think that's a good deal to put down $100 or so for Lucas Giolito to win this Cy Young. We know that he's great. And he takes the next step this year for a championship contending White Sox team. So that's what I'm looking at, Chris. Well, Bet Online's got you covered no matter what you're looking at. You got all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best place to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And don't forget our promo code locked on when you sign up for that welcome bonus. 
we're covering everything you need to know about the White Sox, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Follow Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill back on Locked On White Sox. We're talking about Don Cooper's uh, exit radio appearance, uh, five months in the making on the Parkinson Spiegel show on The Score yesterday. And there's something that, that he brought up that had me thinking, what if? And he was, certainly had played the what if game in his mind about this scenario. But I want to take you back here a little bit to White Sox and A's. It's the elimination game of the wild card series Thursday, October 1, 2020, the last game of the season for the White Sox. We know famously Dane Dunning started that game and things unraveled very quickly. We talked about it during the post game after that game and the aftermath saying, what was the plan here? Who signed off on this plan? You know, did Ricky jump the gun too soon and throw everything out of whack? Because it was just like it was it was a complete disaster. And it was it was just frantic. The the, the pitching changes in that game, the Sox used nine pitchers in that game. And, you know, they still just uh, just just miss out on advancing, losing six to four. But I, was, I went back and watched it because here's what Don Cooper had to say Um about Garrett Crochet in that game, and I'll get to it in a second here, but as I said the Sox used nine pitchers that day. Dane Dunning started that ball game. I went back and watched the, the first couple innings of that game tonight before we went on. Dane, uh, Dane Dunning throws four pitches, and then Garrett Crochet begins to warm up in that ball game. Dunning surrenders a leadoff hit to Tommy LaStella, gets a pop out for an out, and then all of a sudden – Things begin to unravel, at least in Rick Renteria's mind, and ESPN cameras show Garrett Crochet begin to warm up in that game just four pitches into that game. And who knows, maybe he could have been already warming up when Dane Dunning was taking his warm-up tosses like to begin the game. He could have been there already, but from the way ESPN framed it, the way they go cut to the camera to Crochet warming up on the side, and you know they, they make a big deal about it in the moment, it, it leads me to believe that... They got him up with four four pitches deep into that ball game, which was very odd because I think we all found out afterwards that Garrett Crochet would have preferred a clean inning because he had made one start in college that season, and you know the rest of his appearances were out of the bullpen, but they were all clean innings. There was a there was a plan in place the entire year, and then they deviated from that plan. And we all know Dane Dunning wasn't particularly sharp that day. But the turn of events after that really unraveled because famously Garrett Crochet leaves the ball game with elbow soreness and things really unravel uh, from there. So you're talking about within five minutes of real time, Garrett Crochet goes from warming up to being on the mound in an elimination game. Dane Dunning only throws 15 pitches and uh, Garrett Crochet you know, ultimately strikes out two but then comes out early with the elbow soreness. So I talked to Don Cooper today on the show. And he's sort of been playing this what-if game in his mind about uh, Garrett Crochet in that elimination game. The part that I think about in what you, you added in there was if Crochet doesn't get hurt yeah. and we don't have to take him out, we win that game, we move on to the next game. That I believe in my heart and soul. But an injury to a young kid who we can't mess with, if he's able to go out there and give us two more innings, which was he was allowed to do that day, you know, his, li- his work limit that day would have been two, at least two more. 
Well, that, that, you know, that when that happened, uh, you know, we had to look to some other guys that we weren't quite planning on. It didn't, we had to piece the game together differently. Yeah. Was, was, was it, it you it or Ricky? It didn't work out for us. What, was it you or Ricky pulling those strings in that one? Oh, so, and let me tell you something. Everybody had to say in, in what, what was going on. Everybody yeah. had to say. We discussed how we were going to handle every game. Every game, okay, to be clear, on who was available, how much he would be, they were available, and all of those things. We always collaborated on that. Hmm. And that was a group effort. Our plan didn't backfire. The, what, back, what backfired was that poor kid, he, 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 came, he, he came up and he had his elbow got sore. Crochet. Who we loved. Could not leave him in. But we, we, we were hoping, and the plan was to get much more out of him than he was able to get. Now he moves on to his next year, you know, in the major leagues, Crochet. And what an exciting uh, future this kid has. So I think the plan becomes a little more clear after hearing Coop talk about it. So you picture Crochet staying in that ball game had he not gotten hurt and uh, had he been able to execute his pitches and get through the lineup. So you, you'd have used Dunning and Crochet up until about the fourth inning. And then at that point, maybe you don't have to use Aaron Bummer to, to get out of the second inning. You don't have to use Cody Hoyer so early. He gave up the home run in that game. Um, you don't have to maybe use Carlos Rodon at all. And then maybe you get yourself you get to set yourself up for something a little more manageable, you know, a- after Crochet. Then maybe you have uh, Hoyer, Foster, Marshall, then Bummer to come in for, you know, the, the really high leverage outs in the in the latter stages of the game and then of course Colome to close it out maybe you don't see Jimmy Guns in that game at all or Carlos Rodon I thought that was interesting after hearing it a third time where he says everyone had a say in what went on there he didn't say whose call it was and he didn't he, he loves you, you can tell he loves Rick Renteria still because he, in this interview he went on to talk about how great of a manager he is he said everyone had a say do you think that Coop maybe was saying, what are we doing here? Why are we going to the bullpen so early? Like, why not? This kid, Dane Dunning, pitched for us like in a, in, against a division rival to help get us into the playoffs just a couple of weeks prior, and now all of a sudden we're, we're pulling them here uh, only you know, 15 pitches into a ball game. Do you think maybe if Coop uh, was truly running the show, like he would have had it differently? Yeah, because you heard uh, later on in that interview, or later, I think, in that interview, where he's talking about how Tampa did their whole thing. And he kind of was poo-pooing the opener, poo-pooing how they took out Snell. And he's like, he was rolling and they took him out type of stuff. And I think him saying everybody had a say means that the front office had a say. Ricky Renteria had a say. People who usually wouldn't have a say had a say in the plan of that game. And, Forever it's worth. I think only people that should be determining whether the pitcher gets out of the game or not should be the manager and the pitching coach. So that seems like Coop is saying, yeah, I was in the deciding uh, votes, but it wasn't just me. And I had people above me making these decisions. So he was not necessarily throwing these people under the bus because he didn't put any names out there, but he was letting you know that it wasn't his decision to pull these people. It wasn't his decision to have this game plan that they had where you're going to have Dane Dunning go as far as he can go. And then you said he said in the thing that we had him going three innings for Crochet if he doesn't get hurt. So I, my heart of hearts thinks that 
he was not 100% on board with the plan, but it was fine as long as Crochet gets through those three innings. And I think the same thing. We, I think, said the same thing after that game was done. If Crochet does his job, everybody's not blaming Rick Renteria for the game to be lost. Yeah, I, I agree, and it's just funny looking back at this box score, man. Like, it, you know, it, 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 I do become more excited about this team this year when you think about how close they were. Only, only one guy, the two guys, excuse me, pitched more than an, uh, an inning, an inning or more in that game. Uh, actually, no, it was four. So you had one inning from Colomay, one from Cordero, uh, two from Marshall, and then you know everyone else was just like with, with barely an inning or under. Um, so it just, it's crazy how that game unfolded, but do you think if, if they would have gotten through that game and won that series, do you think they would have, uh, had the balls to, to fire Ricky and Coop following the season? Do you think they had it predetermined the whole time? Uh, knowing what we know about Larusa, because who knows how late in the game Larusa came into play because you remember what Rick Hahn said, about the managerial search, like they were going to be transparent and they were going to take their time and they had their targets and and then all of a sudden things changed quickly. So, you know, I, I don't know if this was a thing where Tony La Russa at least, uh, you know, had been waiting around in, in Jerry Reinsdorf's office, like, you know, uh, in, in August or September. Like, I don't know uh, if they would have been able to pull this off. I think that if you go to the divisional round with that White Sox team, It'd been really hard to get. I thought making the playoffs would have been uh, insulating Ricky Renteria from getting fired, but a hundred percent. If they would have made the divisional round, beating the Oakland A's, there's no way you're going to be firing Ricky Renteria at the very least. Maybe they still make the Coop move because I don't think they blame Coop for the loss in the A's series, where you see a lot of people, I mean, maybe even Jerry Reinsdorf himself, saying, "Man, that." that bullpen was mismanaged in game three and I don't like how that was handled. Let's go to a guy that I know is going to have the bullpen in the best position to succeed and get the job done because just making the first round of the playoffs is not enough for this team type of thing. And I'm going to take over the hiring search. So Ricky Renteria, I don't believe would have been fired if that game goes in the way of the White Sox, but I think Coop was gone. That decision was made no matter what. Yeah, I you know I tend to think you're you're right on that. You know, uh, Ethan Katz coming over, you, you you know your ace pitcher, that's his guy right there. And certainly, had the Sox gotten a little bit more out of, you know, Rick Hahn's guys, the guys that he traded for, Ronaldo Lopez, you know, and the guy that was drafted under Rick Hahn's watch, Carlos Rodon, uh, Dylan Cease, the guy that Rick Hahn traded for. I think had Coop gotten more out of those guys, maybe he wouldn't be gone, and that's why they had to bring in. Ethan Katz, and we'll we'll reserve judgment in, until the end of this season. I know it's not satisfying, but I'd like to see what Ethan Katz does does with these guys. And maybe uh, Sox are right all along in terms of this. Maybe they did get rid of Don Cooper at the exact right time, and maybe Ethan Katz is able to get every ounce of ability out of these young guys. So we'll have to wait and see. We're going to put a bow on this thing when we come back and preview next week here on Locked On White Sox.
Locked on White Sox is also brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you guys about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And I just ordered my latest order last weekend. I'm hoping it arrives here by Wednesday because I start to get the cravings for sugar again and I'm trying to get rid of those. But Built Bar helps when I have them. I ordered 24 Built Bars. I ordered four packs of six, my old fail-safe coconut, and I'm trying out two new flavors to me, cookies and cream and mint brownie. And also I ordered German chocolate cake. That's one of my favorite things in the world and they managed to replicate the taste of that just enough to keep me satisfied from my sweet cravings. And so far it's working pretty well for me. I'm down a few pounds and I have Built Bar to thank for that for substituting what I would normally have cookies or cake or candy. I switched those out for Built Bar after dinner at night and sometimes in the afternoon at work and boom, uh, the cravings are almost gone and now I just like Built Bars because they're delicious and they keep me full. So go to BuiltBar.com or follow them on Twitter at Built underscore Bar and they've got Built Bar Madness going on. You can vote for your favorite flavors and you can use our promo code LOCKEDON20. Got a new promo code. It's different than the last one. Locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. That's locked on 20 for 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. And check back with us to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Fantasy Baseball Addicts, you now have a new resource to help give you an advantage in your leagues. Locked On Fantasy Baseball is a daily fantasy baseball podcast hosted by veteran fantasy analyst Scott Cullen, who uses data and nearly two decades of fantasy baseball experience to offer the strategies and waiver wire pickups that lead to league wins, season-long fantasy, dynasty leagues, DFS, Locked On Fantasy Baseball covers it all. Subscribe to Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Herb, another fun week here on Locked On White Sox and... Uh, Coming up next week, uh, we've got Mailbag Monday, of course, our Monday staple. We'll talk about anything that happened in Glendale with the White Sox this spring. Uh, this kind of there seems like they're kind of hitting the wall here in terms of uh, energy and hmm. you know things happening. But I do believe we're going to see Dylan Cease pitch next week, so that'll be exciting. You know, we just got done speaking about Ethan Katz, and uh, we're going to recap our seeding in the 108 tournament. That's going down next week. I believe next Thursday. They've got a wild setup going. So we're going to talk about that on Monday's show and why I'm not particularly thrilled about it. So uh, that's all I got for uh, for this week, Herb. But it's been another fun week. Also, next week we're going to uh, preview the Tigers with our guy Chris Castellani of Locked on Tigers as well. So it should be a fun week already. I, the, I like being able to have the roadmap of the week already uh, as, as this week wraps up. So I'm looking forward to all that with you, of course. Yeah, I don't even know where I'm at in the 108 because I went out to see a movie with my friends. And, guys, I was, uh, of course, socially distanced. Oh, my mask who on. cares? Nobody so calm down, your people. Business. I know people are yelling at their <laughs> at their podcast like, oh, Herb's going out and giving us all COVID. Uh, Herb's living his life. Yeah, whatever. I saw a little uh, independent film called Beverly Hills Cop. I go, hope hmm. you guys check that out one of these days. Never, no. uh, it's uh, decent. This guy named Eddie Murphy is going to be a star. But. I saw um, that the tournament went down today. I don't know where I'm at, but from where you told me, I for like, how this is set up, I'm not too excited about the setup. <laughs> but last year, I got knocked out by goddamn uh, what was his name, uh, Grambling Grimace, or, yeah. or, or no, or, uh, uh, Gas Money Bob, Gas Money Bob, somebody who is not a real person, because uh, <laughs> who is who knocked me out? A big cat. 
Yeah, Big Cat had to, had to send the bar the stoolies on you. He's oh, they <laughs> killed me. Uh, and then he like he apologized to me. We're, and me and Big Cat are cool now. I mean, we were cool back then. It was all good. It was all in good fun. And getting more ice, the 108 tournament was what it's all about. So, yeah, absolutely. As long as no one campaigns against Herb this year, I think for the first time, I can make it past because they keep on putting me against these impossible people. I think the first time I was in, it was the first Lawrence. I was like, God, I mean, you jerks. And he was campaigning for me, and I still got my ass kicked. So, Well, you're a season ticket holder now, so you, oh, have, yeah. you have that. You have dual platforms of being on 670 The Score and the Locked On podcast. So you are, you're, you're multi-tiered here in media. You have no excuse not to, uh, to, not to just more than survive, but to advance. All I advance. want to do is get to the second round. That's it. That's, That's what I a low bar. Anything else. Typical. It's typical of a White Sox podcast to just want to get to the second round That's all. And, and be satisfied. I'm, and I heard that we're in the Dave Williams uh, region. Yes, White Sox Dave. He has his own region, the former celebrity uh, media region. Uh, Game over. I'm over. Yeah, so it, it's wild. Yeah, we're not winning that. I mean, isn't he like the four-time winner in a row? No, but he retired. From oh, the, he's out? That's why he gets his own bracket. Let's go. <laughs> oh, Got a chance. Oh, now look. I didn't even yeah. know that. Yeah, this Let's is, go. Yeah, this is like, you know, uh, someone else's player getting hurt like in the middle of the season. Like, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not happy about it, but hey, all right, got a chance now. So well, like, it's like Dave, we're all playing for second place. Yeah. But now finally he's the doors the, open. Yeah, he's the one oh treasurer now or some shit, but he was not, he was on the broadcast they did last night. So we'll talk about the head on Monday and uh the uh the wacky seating for the one oh eight tourney. Uh, shout out to those guys um and uh yeah that's it man so it should be a fun week next week all right that's chris tannehill my name is herb lawrence ecknerwall 23 on twitter chris tannehill at chris tannehill our show is at locked on socks on instagram twitter and on youtube go there and subscribe right now and if you want to write us an email it is locked on socks at gmail.com locked on socks at gmail.com or a voicemail i'm gonna do this by heart tanny i'm gonna yeah. see if i can do it by heart i know i didn't put it on the rundown i forgot to copy and paste it but yeah i was thinking in my head to see if i remember it 312 which is harold baines aj Prezinski. <laughs> that's right 566 mark burley jorge orta yeah 8772 no 8727 yeah you got it that's so it. that's bo jackson fisk and tim anderson so that's right leave us a voice message Instead of a email or leave us both. Hell, just call that number 312-566-8727. That's right. You got it. Call that number. Leave us a voicemail. Let us know your name and where you're calling from, and uh, we'll we'll slide those into the mailbag. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to those. So, for Chris Tannehill, my name is Herb Lawrence. Thank you for joining us all weekend, all the time that we've been broadcasting here on Locked on Socks.